Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Hey, how you doing? Everybody doing okay? Most of you probably know me. I've been dealing with you guys since you were a long time ago. But for those of you who don't, my, my name is Larry, and I'm kind of excited about to hang out with you guys tonight. Let me ask a real quick question. Who did the Spartan whatever it was? Who did that? Are you tired? Or were you more like six months in the hospital, instant death, you decide? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. All right, here's the deal. We've been going through uh, a few things today, and I, I'm going to... Start with a little story. Here's the deal. When I was a sophomore in high school, I had a teacher at my school named Mr. Saito. Uh, Mr. Saito taught English and he was Japanese, which I always thought was kind of funny because he was better than I was in my native language. Every high school has a a Mr. Saito-style teacher. Um, He was really, really good, but he was really, really, really hard and a little bit strict. And also he had a couple go-to lines that you're going to hear here in a second. So this is typical in any class. You get there a few minutes early before the last bell rings. So I'm hanging out with my friend Tom Bernanski and my friend Tim Stidham, and we're just kind of telling stories and laughing and goofing off. And the, the, the second bell rings, and I'm still laughing, and I happen to be the one sitting next to Mr. close to Mr. Saito. So he takes his glasses, and he pulls them down, and he says, Mr. Stout, if you do not shut up, I'm going to karate chop your head. <laughs> now, I've heard that before, and I was prepared. And every once in a while, stupidity, well, not every once in a while, most of the time, stupidity wins out, and it did this day. So I stood up and I said, Mr. Saito, I accept your challenge. (laughs) Now today we're going to talk about challenge. And my goal today is a couple things. I want you to maybe give you something to think about you haven't thought about before. But mostly I'm going to challenge you. So I mentioned Mr. Saito had a couple go-to lines. Most of you guys know from your junior high days that the old washed up has been right here has a couple go-to lines. So here's the deal. Everybody stand up. You guys know what's going to happen. Raise your right hand. I state your name. We'll try to learn something today. And Larry Stout, I accept your challenge. All right, have a seat. I'm going to fall. Yeah, okay, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to be talking about this guy named Simon. For quite a bit. We're going to go through Simon. I had this thing secure. I'm going to get seasick teaching. Um, yeah, it's funny to you, not to these guys. We're going to talk about this guy named Simon. Simon's from the Middle East, and most of you know that I know a lot of people from the Middle East. I just don't know Simon. Um, I know Saudi Arabian guys, and he's not from Saudi Arabia. Now, what Simon did for a living was Simon was a fisherman. He hung out, he spent a lot of time in a boat, and he probably had more than one boat. And I'm sure the boats were bigger than this. French machine right here. It was, he had boats. And because of that, I think he had probably a bit of comfort where he spent time in that boat and he felt good in the boat. He could probably think. He probably had success and failure both in that boat. And it was probably a place where he went and just kind of thought things out. And when I was preparing for this, I thought there's three places in my mind that came to me like that. Um, one was the locker room at West Community High School. Showed up there as a 14-year-old freshman, walked out of there as an 18-year-old young man. Celebrated victory and agonized over defeat in there. Talked to my friend Ron Styrus about first date, his first date with Lisa Lago. If I went back there today, I'd probably get a little choked up. 
kind of emotional attachment to it. Um, I also have, there's also the office at the Jasper County Drug Task Force. Back in the day when I was Lieutenant Colonel Watch Commander in charge of the Western Hemisphere, that really wasn't that, I was just the boss. One of my duties was to find an um, office for the task force. So I found the office and got it carpeted and, and I got it painted and I was responsible for what offices went where and who had what, off, you know, who, who had what office and what equipment went where. Um, I was back there just a little while ago for a little, just stopped in. And it was emotionally hard for me. I was attached to it. And the third place for me is right here. I, my job, and I love my job, but my job requires me to be G-O-N-E all summer. And it's hard for me to not be here with you guys. I love you guys. I don't get to hang out with you guys. It's rough. And I imagine you guys have places like that that we're going to talk to in a second. But let's pick up Peter here. We're going to be uh, whipping through some, some scriptures here. And I'm not sure how fast they're going to keep up here. So I may do just a little um, for time. I may just kind of make it, read it out to you guys and tell you what it's about. We're going to pick up Peter. And here, uh, Simon's real name, we knew him as Peter. What happens is we're going to, in Luke chapter 5, um, Jesus is talking, going to talk to the crowds. And he can't get heard very well. So he knows if he gets in a boat and he pulls out away because of the water and the acoustics, he can be, be heard, easier to hear people. So he tells Peter, who's a fisherman, who happens to be standing there, hey, can we borrow your boat? So when Peter gets done t- talking, I mean, I'm sorry, when Jesus gets done speaking, he asks Peter, hey, go out farther and catch some fish. And Peter's, hey, you know what? We've been trying all night. And that's what he does for a living. I, I haven't even caught any minnows. But if you say, so they go out and, uh, go next part, please. You go out and they throw it over and they catch a bunch of fish. So much fish that he has to get James and John, the two brothers, his partners, his brother Andrew, a bunch of guys, they come over and help him green this fish in, and Peter's blown away. To the point to where Peter um, says, he's kind of scared. He says, man, I, get away from me. I can't even be around you. You're too good for me. And then Jesus tells Peter something. He says, listen, I'm going to make you a fisher of, of people. Don't be afraid. I'm going to make you a fisher of people. And they get back to the land. And what does Peter do? He walks away and he follows Jesus. At that point, Peter is all in. He's all in. All in to the point that we read through the scriptures, we find you know, some examples of that. One is a big one in Matthew where Jesus is talking to them. And listen up. Those of you who have been in my D group before or those of you who have been in my class know that I talk about the little words. And sometimes the little words matter. And Jesus asked, asked the disciples, who do the people say that I am? And the way that it reads is, they replied. Some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're this, some say you're that. And then Peter, I'm sorry, then Jesus asks again, but who do you say that I am? And, and Matthew, I'm sorry, it says, Matthew says, Peter replied. So here's your first little mini challenge. Be the one in the they. Be the one who's willing to, to make a statement. Maybe verbally, maybe by the way you live your life. But don't be the they. Be, be more than just the they. Be the one in the day. But now we all know what happens after this, right? Peter's following Jesus. Then you have this in the last part of the book of John. Probably the most important, well, not probably. The most important 36 hours in the history of mankind. They're having the last, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Lesson from that. They have the last supper. Lessons from that. And then Jesus says, I'm getting ready to go. And Peter says, I'll go with you. And Jesus says, nah, you can't go where I'm going. And Peter, being Peter, and if you read through the Gospels, you find out Peter's the one who wants to talk a lot. Peter says, I'll follow you to death. 
And Jesus says, no, no, you won't. Before this night is through, before the morning comes, when the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Now, my perception of this is, what I think is, I think Peter kind of in his mind, probably whatever Jesus, yeah, whatever. And to a certain degree, I think he thought he was going to follow him because if we look a couple hours, maybe that long, far ahead, Jesus, Jesus gets arrested. And they show up, and these are the Roman soldiers, the whole nine yards. They're going to arrest Peter, arrest Jesus. And what does Peter do? Takes out a sword and cuts a deer's ear off. I think he was ready to fight. One is, I think it's cool. Homie's walking around with a sword. You don't think about that, right? He takes it out, wipes the guy's ear off. But then he gets separated from Jesus. And I think his courage started going away at that point. Once he separated himself from Jesus, his courage wasn't quite as strong, was it? And then sure enough, he's sent around a campfire. And this little servant girl says, hey, you're one of those, aren't you? You're one of his followers, aren't you? And he says, no, I'm not. She asks him three separate times, and each time he denies him. And then what happens after the third one is the rooster does what roosters do. It cock-a-doodle-dude. And Peter knew what happened. And, and he cried, and he left. Now, the beauty of this is that Jesus, not the beauty, he was crucified for us, and the beauty is that he rose again. And we know through text, and, and John it talks about, that Jesus appeared to the disciples two times. What we don't know, because it's not written in those two times, is if Peter and Jesus had any conversation, any private conversation, other than the they conversation as opposed to the one conversation. But we're going to pick up in John 21, and we're going to talk about a couple things. I'm going to give you guys some challenges based on this. Understand what's happening. This is the last chapter of the book. Peter, his brother, James and John. John will refer to himself when you read this as the disciple that Jesus loved. They're figuring out what they're going to do. And if you look at um, John 21, verse 2, Peter says this. I'm going fishing. And I'm kind of surprised that most guys don't have that verse memorized because, you know, Jesus wept. That's a pretty easy one for guys to memorize. Well, yeah, and Peter said, I'm going fishing. So the other guy said, all right, let's go. So they get in the boat, and they're out fishing. Remember, now think about this. Peter's world is not like he thought it was going to be. He thought he was following somebody, and he, he resurrected. He saw the resurrected Jesus, but I still think he was trying to figure this out. So he's just going to go fishing, and regular fishing, not fishing for men and women. And they're out in the boat, and Jesus shows up. I don't know if it's a distance issue. I don't know if Jesus just looked different in his resurrected body. But for whatever reason, they didn't recognize him right away. And he hollers out, hey, put your nets on the other side. And John says, hey, it's the Lord. What does Peter do? Jumps up, gets himself ready for swimming, which is probably, who knows, naked? I don't know. He jumps in, and he swam to Jesus. But here's a couple things. Here's a couple challenges. And I'm going to be a little different with you at the high school than I was in junior high. I'm going to be a little more big boy. You guys all right with that? First thing is this. I think most of you have made some type of decision, a majority of you, probably in the last year, about going all in. It could have been a, a mix. Some of you guys did two things. For move, for a lot of you, maybe it was a D group, maybe it was with your family, maybe it was in core class or here on a Wednesday night. You decided you were going to go all in. But, kind of like what happened with Peter, things got goofy, and you didn't know what to do. You didn't know how to take this kingdom worker card and make it work. You thought you did, 
but some things just got goofy for you, and it didn't work out. So what do you do? You went back to your boat. You went back to what you knew. Now, here's the thing. The boat's not bad in and by itself. It's just you're fishing for the wrong thing. Most of these boats you get in, it could be your team, it could be your hobby, your family, whatever is your comfort thing, you went back to that. But And here's the big boy thing. Listen up. For some of you, the boat you went back to isn't good because you made some decisions. You're going to quit doing this with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You weren't going to go to the parties after the game. You're going to start treating your parents better. You're going to start doing all this stuff. And you went back to that boat, and that boat is jacked up. You think it's a submarine, and it's a boat with a hole in it. And I'm going to challenge you right now. There's a bunch of adults in here that before you leave tonight and your boat is sinking, we don't want you to drown, man. We love you guys. If that is you, please don't leave here without seeing one of us and talking to one of us about that. Whether you're in a a sinking boat you think is a submarine or you're in just a regular boat, here's the thing you need to do. You need to do what Peter did. You need to get out of the boat and get back to Jesus. You make that 100-yard swim and go back there. And the beauty of it is when you get there, you're going to have this conversation with Jesus like Peter did. And Peter gets challenged, but I want you to picture the scene for a second, though. When he gets there, Jesus has made him a meal. And there's a campfire. Hmm. Remember, Peter was standing around a campfire when he denied Jesus. He's at a campfire right now. He smells. You guys know smells are smells. Help us remember stuff. I'm sure the smell of the campfire is like, oh, yeah, there's Jesus in the campfire. This ain't good. And then Jesus is going to ask him a question, not once, not twice. How many times? Three times. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. And he says, hey, Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter says, yeah, I do. And Jesus says, feed my lambs. And Peter asks him again, do you love me, Peter? He says, yeah, you know I do. He says, take care of my sheep. He says, Peter, do you love me? And I think Peter's going to know, yeah, dude, man, you're God. You know everything. Yeah, I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. But here's the deal. I'm going to try not to fall. I'm going to challenge you guys with three things right now. Because there's three things that came from this that um, Peter did after this. First thing is this. Peter was kind of the leader in the, in the first church. A short time after this, Peter gives a little talk to a guy who's a lot more high-ranking than him and explains the gospel of Jesus, who Jesus is, and how they crucified the Savior. And the result of this talk, 3,000 people get baptized. Jesus becomes the leader in the church. Here's my challenge to you. What about you being a leader here? First thing is this. Do you show up here ready to learn? I'm all about having a good time and goofing off, but are you ready to learn? When you go to your D groups, if you're in a D group, are you reading the stuff before you get there? Are you just showing up? How about core class? Are you getting ready for that? Are anybody coming to Adam or Miss Sarah or anybody saying, hey, what can I do for you around here? You need me to put chairs up? You need me to do anything? Be a leader that way. What about FCA? There's a big one. I know how FCA goes, man. On, in August, man, there's a bunch of you. And it's like, eh, I don't know. Are you being a leader at your school? Whatever groups you happen to be in, are you being a leader there? Second thing is this. In Acts chapter 10, Peter has this meeting with a guy named Cornelius. And Cornelius is somebody he wouldn't have anything to do with. But through a, a, a series of dreams and visions and 
food coming down on a blanket and all kinds of crazy stuff, Peter realizes, I need to be associated with people that he wouldn't have associated with. What about you? Are there people at your school that you just don't associate with? Maybe they're socially awkward, academically awkward, or maybe they're just not a style of music or a style of dress or whatever. You just wouldn't hang out with them? What about that? And I know it's not easy. It's going to take a little bit of guts. Here's the thing. Compassion without courage falters. So you're going to have a little bit of courage. It's going to take a little bit of courage to do that. Third thing that Peter did, listen up high schoolers, was because of being all in, he went places he wouldn't have normally gone. Because initially, he went back to the boat, back home. We're challenging you guys to think bigger than back home. Think where can you go where people need to hear about Jesus. And I'm not talking across the street, though, that's fine. I'm not talking downtown Joplin, though, that's fine. What about across a couple borders? What about across an ocean or a river or a sea or someplace, somebody you don't know anything about? What about that? Hey, Levi French, you love Jesus? Feed his lambs. Hey, Alex, you love Jesus? Take care of his sheep. How about the rest of you? You love Jesus? Then feed his sheep. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.